I am unashamed. What about you? So welcome back to Unashamed Podcast. We got old Jeppico in the house. Hey, Jeppico. Hello. Yep, I didn't know you were in town. Hey. Cousin Jeff. It's a holiday special. And we got Zach in from crisp, cool North Carolina. Is it nice up there, Zach? Because we're we're down in the hot southern area. My AC went out, and so I'm boiling up here at about 85 degrees Fahrenheit. (laughs) (laughs) Boiling. (laughs) I'm sweating. You feel sorry sorry for him, Jeff? No. 85 degrees. That's cool weather. It was 100 yeah. here yesterday. Jeff and I were at the and Phil was there. Of course, Phil was in the house for most of the time, but he did come out. And uh, so we did. What are we calling that event? Uh, it was called Faith, Family, Freedom Day. Faith, Family, and Freedom Day. My lovely wife had an idea. She said, let's she just. miss his idea. She said, let's invite the country. That was a good idea. To our house. Well, it was a really good idea if you're looking at it from afar. <laughs> but uh, no, it was, <laughs> it was a lot of work and a lot of people showed up. We I don't have a number, but Missy's thought it was around a couple thousand. I would say somewhere between one and two thousand. Wow. Yeah, I heard it was called Robertson Palooza. That's what that's what uh, <laughs> Beth called it. She was out there selling T-shirts, like the I think the Phil's got on our T-shirt, but she said it was called Robertson Palooza. That's what she called it. Well, I don't know what that means. I know the Palooza. Robertson Palooza is that another famous <laughs> word from Zach? Uh, let's see, I here. know what an Opalooza. It's an it's a. Well, they used yeah. to have a music festival called uh, Lapalooza or Lapalooza. Lala Palooza. An extraordinary or unusual thing, person, or event. An exceptional example or instance. That's it. That was it. We would call it the, instead of the Robertson Palooza, we would call it the Gospel Palooza. Yeah, I think it was more about Jesus than us. Thank you very much. Get it off of us. Hey, this dude gave me this shirt. Check this out. This guy from Indiana, I said, I'm going to wear that on the podcast. I love Somebody it. Somebody says, "Hey, man, I got a problem." I'm gonna say, "I can't," but I know a guy. Yeah, that's. A, <laughs> I mean, that's a good shirt. The same. Hey, hey Jeff, that that line is. I use that line whenever I'm telling dad's story, which was pretty amazing because the the scene that I talk about in my speeches is actually in the movie, the blind movie, when dad's in his truck and and kind of coming to that realization. And the way it was always told to me, it's not necessarily this way in the movie, but the way it was told to me was that mom, that dad said, I don't trust anybody because mom was like, you got to talk to somebody. And dad's like, I don't trust anybody, Miss Kay. And she said, yeah, I know you don't, but I know a guy. I know a guy. And and I, I love that line, which is pretty good. So I, there is a guy you can trust, dad, the, Jesus Christ, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that mm-hmm. same guy who gave Jeff that shirt, I met him and he had four bags of coconut macaroons. Where were they from? Uh, Indiana. Indiana. So he drove from Indiana, and according to him, he stopped at every Dollar General looking for the. Yeah, they, it was like you know how you count, you know, yeah. cars or look at license plate. They stopped at Dollar uh, General's looking for coconut macaroons, and he oh, said, man. "We you hit know the you're gen- not in the unashamed nation when you know to bring." Uh, the coconut macaroons to the party. Well, here's you're, you're dialed in. Well, here's what's funny. Other people brought coconut macaroons from Dollar General, and it made me realize that whoever's making those, they're sitting around in a meeting saying, 
how why can't they keep these on the shelf? Because <laughs> they have no idea. Unofficial they, they don't know that Unashamed Nation has now jettisoned <laughs> the coconut macaroon to the top of the cookie heap. It would oh, be funny to figure funny. out why they think they're having so much success, because I guarantee you, they don't know what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> There's an army of people. We've isolated it down. They can't figure out it. They spread across the country. We don't know what's going on. Oh, we had oh, a, that's funny. in the middle of the, uh, of the line last night that was a line to nowhere that just formed uh, from from having this many people. So one of them had never eaten a coconut macaroon, so we had a taste test. And he his words were, that's the greatest thing I've ever eaten. <laughs> so, yeah. Because I just, I thought, well, man, how, have you been here, you know, probably half the time that you might can be here and exist and you've, you've never tried one? So, no, it was fun. Do you want to talk about it? Yeah, because I, I got some pictures yesterday, started early, the initial pictures I got is about 9 a.m. And so dad's class, which is the, it's called the Unashamed Bible Study. I guess these are people that had come early, uh, mm-hmm. had come to WFR. And the only way I can describe it is, I mean, they were literally, they were standing everywhere against the walls. They were people looking in the windows. I mean, I've, I've never seen a classroom quite so full of dad as, as your initial group. So I guess that was the beginning was, of the whole day. Well, you had a couple thousand people come in. I'm sure that all the hotels were full and traffic was, I mean, there's a lot of people. I've never seen that much uh, fervor over the gospel of Jesus Christ since I've been on the earth. Is that thing Mm. yesterday? I'm just looking at them. Yeah, it was good. They were as hungry for Jesus and dying to sin, be buried and raised from the dead. I mean, they, 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 they were into it. It did have a revival it did. feel to it. And, uh, you know, the building, the church building was packed, you know, yesterday. I'm sure the, yep. if people didn't know exactly what was going on, they're like, where'd all these people come from? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but then the event started at our house at four. And so we had a, a back porch gospel presentation. This was all designed by Missy. So I'm just, I wasn't sure you know, what, what I, my role was going to be, but I took one of those sessions for an hour. But so the whole time we were there from four to eight, you know, there was someone presenting the gospel on the back porch and, uh, they had, what was the, I never got to the other side of my yard. I tried. What was going on on that side? They had, uh, Missy read a book. I know to like kids, oh, like really? her, her, uh, kids book, which is really good. Okay. Um, those they, people are awesome, though. And they also uh, introduced the treasure box, which is our wives, Jill. They started, what is it, like an antique store? Yeah. Yeah, it's like an antique store, and it, uh, it has some Duck family treasure stuff in there, which okay. they people really liked, which was good. Yeah. So we had that going on. Then they just had stuff, you know, fun for the kids. Uh, I'm not sure what people did until we started. Then we had a worship time, and... Uh, then I spoke. I gave a fifteen-minute dissertation. I guess I'm not sure how long I talked. Missy said ten minutes. I was supposed to go, but I probably went fifteen. But I did a kind of a hybrid. I picked the positive things out. Uh, you know, we're celebrating independence as a nation. I read some very interesting historical 
documentation about the birth of our nation. And uh, I kind of, my first line was, because Jeff and I just got back from Baltimore, Maryland, and uh, I found a King George III halfpenny in a guy's yard. And what's crazy is an hour later, I found another one. So I asked if anyone was familiar with King George the Third. I asked the mass of people, and zero hands went up. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it was interesting because I read. Uh, let me see if I can find what I read. If y'all, I think I think this is very interesting. I read this that. This is concerning the Declaration of Independence. It says, I got this out of the encyclopedia, but it said, the founding father delegates of the Congress declared that the 13 colonies were no longer subject to the monarch of Britain, King George III, and we're now united, free, and independent states. The Congress voted to approve independence by passing the Lee Resolution on July 2nd and adopted the Declaration of Independence two days later on July 4th. So it was actually July 2nd when we did this event. So I was like, well, happy July 2nd, because that's really where the resolution to have the Declaration of Independence got passed. So that's why we found two King George III halfpennies, because at one time this country was occupied and controlled by Great Britain, which is what led to us having the Declaration of Independence. How interesting is that? But then I read a letter from uh, John Adams to his wife, and and this is how I made the transition to the kingdom of God, but he wrote, The second day of July, 1776, will be the most memorable epic in the history of America. So actually, he was off by two days because he was he was putting it on. Look, we got the resolution. It, it's just a matter of time before we pass this. And, he and what's put, interesting, Jace, is it could have they could have decided to do it on the second or the fourth. They probably just decided later. Well, let's do it when we signed it. You know, it's kind of interesting. Could have yeah. been July second, just as easy. Well, you'll you'll find this interesting. Then he wrote. It's not very long, but it says, "I am apt to believe." Now, this is to his wife that it will be celebrated by succeeding generations as the great anniversary festival. Um, now, remember, he, he wrote this 247 years ago. Uh, it ought to be commemorated as the day of deliverance by solemn acts out of devotion to God Almighty. Well, I love that line. It ought to be with pomp and parade, with shows, games, sports, guns, bells, bonfires, and illuminations. From one (laughs) end of this continent to the other, from this time forward forevermore. I saw a glimpse of it myself personally yesterday. Yeah. I saw a glimpse of that, of how people came together. Jesus, number one, people were being baptized. Little food was being eaten. They ate together. With glad and sincere hearts, I, yep. just, I just looked around and I said, "One tears, a lot of them just, just." Yeah, it was there. a lot. It was a. It was it, feels right. It was. It was more tranquil. It was like a uh, family reunion. I thought it was yeah. kind of like a family reunion that revolved around Christ. Which I mean, shoot, that was, that's, that's really what it was. Yeah. 
So, uh, and I mean, because look, it's the day after. So if you tell me, was it a success? You know, after the fireworks display, the illuminations, as John Adams referred to, they'll be talking about Read that. the list again, Jace, of the stuff. I love the list. <laughs> uh, shows, games, sports, guns, bells, bonfires, and illuminations from one end of the... <laughs> I'm country. glad there was no guns, even though I like... The illuminations are there because I jumped out that far off the ground. As I left from the fireworks, I was, poo, poo. I was fixed to say, uh, I reached for my gun. I thought, well, <laughs> they were almost fireworks. guns. So Missy gets somebody to do these fireworks that lasted 25 minutes. And I would equate that to very spectacular. And it seemed very dangerous. They'll be talking about that for years. And uh, I can't wait to see the bill. That Missy and I will get over that because that, and I thought, fortunately, you know, everyone survived and there were no calls to 911, which I'm actually surprised at. But, uh, but Jay's John Adams didn't say illuminations were cheap, he just said, I'm not griping, I'm just saying, I said, babe, next, uh, well, actually, Mia, my daughter, said this, she said, Mom, I think next year maybe you should get the 10 minute version <laughs> she said missy said you don't pay by the minute i just hired him <laughs> so, so it was it was the greatest fireworks display that i've ever seen i mean three or four hundred pounds of gunpowder i mean dude look there was smoke for miles i'm sure there were multiple calls to the authorities saying something is exploding because it wasn't july 4th it was july 2nd they yeah. thought there's either a gang fight broken out or we're being invaded i mean it was I unbelievable like, i like it Jack. let's take a first break so zach uh i know you and i have done quite a few mission trips uh, around the globe uh there's been times before when it would have been really handy to have some uh the best antibiotics uh, when i was going into that setting would you agree with that statement yeah, Jill got the she got the stomach bug. She could have probably used Cipro on a couple of those occasions for sure. So, you know, there there could be a lot of different needs uh, for needing basic critical medication. You could be on a mission trip. Uh, could just be because it, a lot of our medication comes from China uh, these days. In fact, I think almost all of it does in terms of antibiotics. And you got issues there. There's, of course, supply chain issues. You may be in a rural setting. Uh, where it's hard to get to the pharmacy. Uh, a lot of strange things can happen. When that happens, you need to have some certainty for yourself and for your family. And that's where Jace Case from Jace Medical uh, comes in handy for you. It's a pack of five different courses of antibiotics that you can use to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, uh, things like respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, a lot more. Um, with everything going on in the world, you want to be prepared. That's the main thing. And Jace Case can help you be prepared. Check them out today. Go to jacemedical.com, J-A-S-E medical.com. Enter the code unashamed at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code unashamed at J-A-S-E medical.com. I like it, Jay's that you can always say now from now going forward, we actually first recognize the decision 
of independence, which is July 2nd, which I well, think Well, that's why, cool. I, Al, I was trying to be clever since we were doing it on July 2nd. And then, so when I was looking it up, I saw that and I saw that letter and I was like, oh, that's what I'm doing. So, but right there, when he said forward forevermore, I made a transition and I wrote this line. The only way to celebrate anything or anyone forever is to experience true deliverance from the King of Kings. And so then... I went into this. There's two kinds of kingdoms. The one that Jesus is the king of, that's eternal, that we're a part of as believers, and every other kingdom. I mean, that, that that's the dividing line. I, so I went, there's two countries. There's every other country, and then there's the heavenly country that we're a part of. I read the Philippians 3, 20 and 21. But I did, I did pick out some positives about our country. I singled out our veterans, uh, the current military, our firefighters, police officers, and first responders and healthcare professionals. Because, and I, I did, I did that and everybody clapped at every, there was a lot of people there that were firefighters, policemen. I met a ton of them. Yeah. Yeah. And so everybody applauded. And I said, you know why we, we, what makes this country great is these kinds of people because they do really what they do is is a direct correlation with the definition of sacrificial love. And I made an illustration about a firefighter when he goes into a building, he doesn't say, well, who lives here? And, you know, what they do last night and where they from? I mean, he risked his life to save other lives without an agenda. And so I quoted the first Corinthians 13 definition of love. And I was like, that's why they're the, you know, the best that we, that we have to offer. Then I made another, you know, transition back to the, the king of kings and that we have the best weapon for our country and for the world, which is an introduction to Jesus. Because being a part of the heavenly kingdom is way more appealing than whatever, you know, country you're from or so, uh, so then I went through that and I kind of closed it with, uh. God coming to us on a cross, uh, my invitation. And then I asked a question, which I wanted to get y'all's comments. I asked a question for thought, and I was like, why was the stone rolled away? Because obviously I want to preach the gospel, because that is the introduction to the kingdom. That's why you want to surrender to the king. So I asked, why was the stone rolled away? And I let everybody think about that. And uh, I made the point that, Jesus didn't have to have that stone rolled away to come back from the dead or to get out of that cave. Because later on, post-resurrection, he was walking through walls. He was appearing and disappearing. He was levitating. Yeah. So why was it rolled away? Do y'all want to comment before I give you the point that I said? I would just think it's, it's, this is uh, done. How do we think this is it's complete? Yeah, which it was. Yeah, I think it's, I, it's rep- representative of now an opportunity for all people to come out of the ground, is what I would say. It's why it was left open. Well, I thought it was, I made the point it was to let us in. Because the followers of Jesus, who he had predicted that he was going to die and be buried and resurrected, but everybody turned away. And even the people that were there, they weren't there because he was alive. They were there because he was dead. They were putting the spices on his body, and they were more like any other funeral. So uh, I don't think there's any other explanation. And I think it goes along with what we've been studying is that, you know, when Jesus told his disciples in John 15, you didn't choose me, but I chose you. And in First John 4, when he says, this is love, not that you love me, but that I love you. And 
I just I think it it has to be more than a coincidence that the first person who saw Jesus who walked into that tomb was Mary Magdalene from the wrong town had a terrible life in a culture where women were not respected in any way and she actually was a was a church of one in that moment because she she put the clues together and had an experience with the king of kings the reason he's the king of kings is because he was dead and he's alive so she went in i mean i know the others did you remember uh peter and john John, but it says they saw and believed well it wasn't what they saw it's what they didn't see yeah he they just saw the folded up cloak Why, why go through all this and I think it really allows us to have the ability to believe. Because the people, even though those people should have trusted him and should have believed, and we all say, well, why, why would they? I mean, he told them many times. Why did they just say, oh, he did what he... It's just very hard for the human mind to wrap his, his mind around that. So he let you in and look around and say, you know what? It's This is... You're telling me this is possible? So anyway, that was my thought. But I wore my I could be wrong shirt in case y'all want to disagree. But <laughs> No, I think that's an excellent point. I think whatever else you could take away from it symbolically, I think you're exactly right. This great, by the way, Jess, this great way to study the Bible. In the context of the then and there, what did it mean? And it meant that they could get in to see he wasn't there. So I think that's an excellent point. So before you can use all the symbolism of open grave, open us, all that, it's what did it mean in the moment, which is true. Yeah. So that was kind of my lesson. Then I, you know, I urge people to join us. Uh, it is the best thing I think we can do for our country is to lift up Jesus as Lord and the godly qualities are going to make every life and every family better. So that well, was, let me that just say to, to to Unashamed Nation, we do appreciate you making the trek. Uh, of course, Jason Missy for having the hospitality to open up the the Logtown Estate. But I, I think you, you guys that came, you, you see now what we're all about. I mean, you know, because you listen to us on here, but that's how we live. That's what we do. I know a lot of people were baptized yesterday, both at the WFR and I'm assuming some out there as well. Oh yeah, and, it was it was a steady stream, which was really cool. You'd hear uh, applause, you'd hear a splash, and hear applause erupt because you had that gospel yeah. presentation going on the whole time. And if you uh, if you watch Jason Jepp's show, then you know the setting. You've seen it before. It's beautiful out there. I mean, this is the oldest place in Washtenaw Parish in terms of a house. I mean, they started building this thing back two back in two centuries ago. Um, which is really cool. So it's just, yeah, it's a really neat setting. The whole thing is. So I'm yeah, glad, the I'm only glad the only uh, negative was it was ninety five. Oh. How many shirts did you? I have? asked everybody I met. I was like, they were from all over the U.S. I was like, is it as hot where you live as it's hot here? And they all said, nope, nope, it's hotter here. And I mean, every state you can think of. Nope, it actually here. made me think one time, are these people really coming to Jesus? Are they getting baptized just to cool off? <laughs> 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 That's good. When I'm you got kidding. people just hanging out. Yeah. When you got people just hanging out in the bash, just waiting for somebody to come uh-huh. get in. That's that's when we're swimming after that point. Yeah. Now, it was a really cool idea. And and kudos to Missy. Please pass along that from us. Jess, well, that look. And we appreciate uh, we, it. Because she came on the podcast and told us about it. We thought it was a yeah. fantastic idea. Now, we had an army of volunteers also. And look, these types of people 
who are just servants and are never put in the limelight. There, it's what makes the kingdom of God the most powerful thing there is. Because you got people who are just out there sweating, working <laughs> like dogs, and they get zero credit. And there, and there's no. It's not like they were getting paid. You know, they just volunteered yeah. to serve uh, for the kingdom. Because it's hard to host a couple thousand people. We learned that yesterday. It takes a lot of ice and a lot of water and a lot of volunteers. I noticed there had been a. A malfunction in the baptistry where I baptized the people, and um, it didn't warm it. Yeah, so it was cold. But being that it was ninety-five degrees outside, perfect. It actually felt great. It was actually an incentive you could yeah, have brought it was up. Cold when you step into it. I thought, huh, that's a good day for us for the for the, the heat to go off. Yeah, it, was. <laughs> yeah, it actually was a blessing. That's right. Let's uh, let's take another break. So, uh, Zach, I guess it'd be safe to say uh, you and I do a lot of business these days that one of the harder things about uh, having a business, especially a growing business, is being able to keep everything uh, together and have something that's kind of syncs everything together. Is that would that be safe to say? It's hard to keep everything organized in one place for sure. So one of our sponsors is a group called NetSuite, uh, and that's exactly what they do. Uh, they're going to give you visibility. They're going to give you control so you can make fast decisions. Um, for the first time in 25 years, uh, as the number one cloud financial system, you can defer payments, a full NetSuite implementation for six months. So it's a really cool deal for your business. No payment, no interest for six months. Uh, so you can take advantage of this special financing. Um, they're in real time in one place. Uh, they reduce manual processes. They boost your efficiency. They build forecasts. They increase your productivity across every department. More than 36,000 companies have already upgraded to NetSuite, and that's helped them gain visibility and control over all their financials, their inventory, their HR, their e-commerce, everything you need. So if you've been sizing NetSuite up to make the switch, you know this deal is unprecedented. No interest, no payments. Take advantage of this special financing offer at netsuite.com slash fill. That's N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E, netsuite.com slash fill. Get the visibility, the control you need to weather any storm. netsuite.com slash fill. So, Jeff, it's been a minute since we had you on the podcast. Um, and so since you were last on, uh, we talked about on the podcast, but I want to get your take on it. Your oldest daughter uh, got married, uh, actually at the same place where the event was yesterday. And so I just want to hear your perspective on that, what that was like, uh, you know, how, how you feel about it, et cetera, et cetera. You know, it was so funny. I was I never cried. I never I was not nervous. Um everything was a okay until I mean I'm telling you, I it is like I blacked out and went to a different place. When I started walking her, fisting to walk her down that aisle, I was like, Oh no, I can't uh, this is <laughs> I, I mean I lost it. Like I, I was fisting to like fall on my knees and cry. Like I was like, I don't want to do this. Like I, I don't want to give her away. Like I, she's still my little girl. It, it was an emotional, um, 
collapse of sorts where I just was really I, I was scared I was nervous I was everything you could be like I was all of them at one time I thought I was gonna throw up I, I don't know how to explain it but like I don't, how I got down that aisle I have no idea and I remember Lily's arm was shaking and I thought just stand up right and just make it down to the front I it was really strange. So that you was didn't, my it, experience. <laughs> <laughs> well, once once that part was over, did you feel oh, like instant you know, relief? Because because yeah. you, you love Austin's a great kid. I mean, obviously you couldn't be so, happier that. Funny story. I got a great story because this ties into Jason's going to love this. I hadn't told him this yet. So Jess is like, hey, so this was just like a couple days ago. She was like, you need to take Gus's baseball camp. I said, okay. Well, I didn't know that Josh Pearson is it Josh. Right. Yeah, Josh, Josh Pearson was going to be there. He is LSU outfielder. LSU outfielder. He's from West Monroe, Louisiana. Well, I, he's super nice guy. He's not that big. He's like not. So I meet him and he's super cool. And he said, hey, I went to school with your daughter. I said, with Lily? I said, really? Because she went to school in Texas. He said, well, Drew, the little elementary school. And I was like, oh, well, cool, man. He said, how is she? I said, well, she just got married. He was like, oh, too bad. But, you know, I'm happy for it. Kind of like too bad. Like, yeah. hey. I was like, hey. So when I get back to my house, Lily and Austin are there. And I'm like, Lily, guess who I just met? And he, he gave me a signed picture for Gus. You know, I said, Lily, you could have married a national champion this time. <laughs> and Austin was sitting right there. Austin's face went eight sheets of red. I was like, Austin, I know you play baseball, but this guy is a national <laughs> champion. <laughs> he was so embarrassed. Yeah, let me explain some too. Don't do that again. I know. I, <laughs> I apologize later. I mean, she didn't die. She's alive and, you know, a married woman, you know. I know. But it was funny. It was really funny. That's funny, Jeff. I like that. So he, uh, so they're, they're spending some time in their early marriage years, which I love this because this is what Lisa and I did. Now, ours was not by choice, but, um, they're doing it by choice. They're spending a couple of months with living next door to mom and dad to sort of soak up some of their sage wisdom, I think, and, and be around them. Uh, in their early married months, which I think is a really cool idea. I wish more couples had the opportunity to do that. Lisa and I did the same thing with my grandparents, but we just didn't have a place to live when we first got married. So that was why we did it. But I wouldn't trade that for anything. I mean, Lisa learned a lot about cooking. It was just a really, really cool time. So uh, I don't know. Dad, have you been teaching them some of your wisdom? Well, I teach them some wisdom, but newlyweds, I mean, like within days, I think the, the the better play was be for them to come over to see us, not me over bumping, knocking on the door, saying that. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm, you yeah, understand well, what I'm saying without saying it. No, we got I, it. I'm not hanging around over there. But Jeff needs to tell. My uh, wisdom says get away from there for a while. Yeah. Oh, man. Jeff needs to tell Austin and Lily that you, protocol. You know, they need to do the ones knocking. I think that's a good idea. Yeah. If you're going to marry and you're going to be within a stone's throw of my, my house where you're going, I'm not going to be hanging around. Trust me. So <laughs> any wisdom they got, they, knocking, had to, yeah. they had to come over there and fight my dogs to come in. And then we had some wisdom teaching, you know. Dad, we all have to do that. It's just something we have to do to get to your house. So, 
Um, well, that's pretty cool. And uh, anything about the new season, Jeff? Of course, you know, we, we talk to Jace all the time about the show, but yeah. we don't get an opportunity to talk to you that much. What's your uh, What's your thoughts on the family treasure, Duck Family Treasure? I've really enjoyed what we've done lately. I mean, it's it it gets hard at times. And it's like, especially in the summer when you're out there, it's like it's brutal and it's it's hard work, you know, just physically to get out there. And I mean, I'm glad I lost a few pounds. That's helped. Um, Maybe but I think we went to some cool, I mean, without giving too much away, I think we've eaten really well. Oh, so yeah. that, that's been really fun to like go to some places that I don't normally go and like eat some good food that's local, uh, which is always one of my favorites. Yeah, there's kind of a living off the land aspect to it because we go to these remote places and we don't do well in restaurants for a lot of reasons. So that's... That has emerged in the show. It's like, what is this place famous for? Oh, well, let's go eat it, you know. And I think some of the people we've met, like uh, when we were in Maryland, um, that dude was really cool and his grandkids. And it's like, and I got, I keep in touch with these people. Like I get to know them. And like I, a lot of the places we've been, I talk to the landowners and, um, and just keep up with them because they're good people. And I think they, you know, they really love us and love what we're doing. And they love that we give them all this stuff back and say, hey, put yeah. this up and, you know, tell stories about it. And Yeah, which was hard at first. But now it's just, it means so much to them. You're, you're making lasting relationships. So one, one episode that has been newly released, there's a character on there that, hit, and I mean character, not that he we got him out of thin air. He just happened to invite us. But his name is Captain Caviar, and we didn't <laughs> yeah, make this that makes up. Me, that makes me uh, laugh just said, hearing the Captain name. Caviar. When I said yeah. I'm Jace, and he said I'm <laughs> Captain Caviar, and he's from South Louisiana, and because uh, he made, I guess we can say, I mean, he made a lot of money from selling uh, grinnel eggs, which they call them. What do they call them? Toothpicks or something? So, so they call them something else down there. And, yeah. But uh, unedible fish, in my opinion. Unless evidently the eggs are really good caviar, and so oh, they're uh, what are they? They're chew chew picks. Isn't that chew what they picks, chew, yeah. chew, chew picks, picks yeah. chew picks. Uh, <laughs> it's in I the pick. thousands pick. of pounds, but I never ate their eggs. No, right. no. Well, who, who would try that besides a Cajun? Yeah, you know what I mean. Yep. So uh, I salute them for. Oh, that was. <laughs> So speaking of, did you meet the guy last night? He's actually a, um, from a police the, officer. Yes, that, that's yeah. from down there, and was like, uh, he said, "Man, y'all talked about." Oh, can I? Yeah, it's out, right? I yeah, it's out. That um, he said, "Y'all talked about Panthers, and you know we're the home of the Panthers." I said, "Yes." Well, I went by your thing, and he said, "Check this out." Got oh, out his phone, he me. and the dude had a. You would have liked to seen this. He had a. I think it was a mountain lion. Well, it wasn't camera. black, but it was a. Yeah. It looked like a large cat. Where where did he take that picture? South Louisiana. Uh, What town is that? Uh, Morgan City. Panther. It's Panther Island is what they call it. Now, I have to admit, it did look like a cougar, but... It was a cougar. You know, (laughs) it could have been, it could have been some kind of trick photography with a house cat close up or something, you know, but... Big cat. It's just... But it wasn't a black panther, which is the argument that I have with Cy. I mean, I saw a black panther down in, in a zoo down in Mexico. Those things aren't running around. I mean, that thing come running up there. Like, oh, oh, oh. You, you wouldn't think, oh, I think I saw a, this thing was huge. So, no, negative. 
Which, by the way, yesterday. Well, you saw a cat of some sort driving down to here one time. You, you no, told that that was me. No, hang, I, hang I, I did too. I, I, I did too. Let I, me tell my story. Let's take another break. Right. Jace, uh, is it fair to say that uh, one of the most important things about shotgunning is having a clean and efficient shotgun? Yep, it's being a responsible gun owner, and you want it to be functional and safe. Yeah, both both uh, for harvesting game, but also by keeping those around you safe as well. Uh, one of our sponsors is a company called Barrel Buddy, and they're like us. They were a small um, hunting enterprise. They were out in the field. They noticed it was muddy, it was wet, and you know the what was out there to offer for cleaning your gun just really wasn't up to snuff. Uh, they had the patches, you know, in the old days, you know, and it was hard to make regular contact, you know, around your complete bore uh, because you had this little patch. And then your boar snake comes along and said, well, we saw that. But really, they're into hiding dirt rather than cleaning dirt. And so these guys came up with uh, a new product that works really well. It's a white polymer. So it's going to make complete contact around your barrel. It's going to go through it so they're not only uh, clean it, but it's also going to provide that surface to be just what you need it to be for your weapon to function properly. So once you to check these guys out, be a responsible gun owner, go to BarrelBuddy.com, B-A-R-R-E-L Buddy.com. Check out their material. So I was coming out, uh, it's probably been 20 years ago. I mean, my kids were little, probably 25. And he was sitting up on the side of the road. He was, he was sitting up on his haunches, so he was straight up. So when I come around the corner, I thought it was like a giant bird, like a big egret or something. But he dropped down. He slinked down onto all fours to go off in the woods. And that's when I saw the long tail come up behind it. But it was definitely mountain lion, cougar, or something of the... Long tail big cat variety. So I would with say it was probably a bobcat, but no, nope. uh, oh, long if you, tail. If you, I know. If you Google, tail. if you Google uh, Louisiana panthers, the first article that pops up is by Greg Hilburn. Believe we, it or not, we know Greg we know, Hilburn. We know Greg, and the, the the debate is over whether black panthers exist in Louisiana, and they say it is a complete hoax. They do not, although sightings of a large tan cat like cougars or mountain lions sometimes do stray into Louisiana. That's that's what that's my position. That's what I saw. But uh well yesterday, Jeff, this is right in front of our our house. So yeah. What do you what think that, that is? Oh I'll tell you what it is. I mean it's a big dog, I think, with big no, ears. No, see, this is why pictures can be misleading. That was a <laughs> that was a black bear. Oh, that well, was in our yard yesterday. It's not a great picture if you saw it. It's not. No, it is. It was the bear at the log cabin. No, at, at no, my in house our, up in town where we live. Where we live, Al. This was, uh, I would say, three hundred yards from where. Yeah, you it were was living. close to my house. Yeah, exactly. I, so, I saw uh, pictures of it yesterday. That happened, and uh, so one of the girls that were staying at our house with uh, one of Mia's friends when she was leaving to go to church, we had already left. She's like called us and said, a black bear just crossed the road and is headed toward y'all's house. And so I was like, well, 
It'll be fine. But she actually went back and locked my two little dogs in. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. That'd be good. It's funny because Zach, Zach and all his crew are like, who cares? Black bear. Every time you turn around, there's one digging in your garbage can, right, Zach? Oh, man. Yeah, I got probably six that live within a 20-foot radius of my house. I'm not sure where they live, but there's about six right here, and they come out every night. Yeah, they're more of a nuisance up there, but we just oh, don't have that much in the in neighborhoods. But it's it's beginning to encroach. So and they smell start, bad. They smell horrible. You can smell them for a mile away. Yeah, not good. So Jeff, um, well, I want to talk a little bit about all God's children, uh, which you're still doing a, a great ministry work with that. But uh, I think you've got a guest there. So let's take a break. And we come back from our break. Well, I'll let you introduce who you got with you there. So let's take a break. So welcome back. Uh, Jeff, tell us uh, who we have here with us uh, on our Unashamed set. This is Brad Van Stavern. He's Dutch royalty. No, he's, he's really not, but I thought maybe he was with that name. <laughs> Sounds something. But we met um, God, maybe five years ago. Uh, I went to AGCI's gala. I may have told this story before. I'll tell a short version of it. And I cried the whole time. It was amazing. And Brad had spoke some, so I knew he was really involved. And I went to him afterwards. I was like, man, it was so awesome. And he was like, well, let's get together and meet and talk about it. And I said, yeah. So we went and we were having coffee. And I was just like, dude, man, I love what you guys are doing. There was a girl who since uh, went to law school and stuff, and she made it out of uh, like a terrible situation. And we were talking about that and stuff. And, and he's like, I said, look. And then we're talking about kind of what they do more in detail. And I said, I want to do, I want to do what you're doing. And he was like, yeah, yeah, I get it. You know, I, I'm glad you like what we're doing. I was like, like, no, I want to do what you're doing right now with me. I also want to do that with other people. <laughs> like, I want to work with you guys. He's like, oh, okay. So we ended up meeting with Holland, uh, which is our president. And, and five years later, this is where we are. But he's awesome. I love him. And it was funny because he said, do you play golf? And I was like, oh, do I play golf? I, I might whip your tail because most people don't think we're very good. Yeah. <laughs> Just from looking at you. Yeah. And we're not, but we're better than most. <laughs> well, and play. unbeknownst <laughs> to me, Brad is super good, and he whipped me like a dog. I was like, dang, dude, you real good. <laughs> so, <laughs> so welcome, Brad. We're glad to have you on Unashamed. Thank so you. other than beating Jap at golf, which we've all done, uh, what, what other, uh, what, what can you say about uh, working with old Jeff and with, with all guys children? Oh, it's, it's been fantastic. We went to Ethiopia together and we both found out that we just are moved by kids in need and, um, we, we can laugh, we can cry and we are about bringing hope and healing to kids. So it's, it's an honor to be here and honor to be on the Caleb award winning Podcast impact. Yeah. Oh, Congratulations. That was impressive. Thank you. Thank you, Brad, because <laughs> normally you. I have to bring up that we are an award winning podcast. He but said you he wasn't coming me. unless this was an award winning podcast. So <laughs> it is that. The reason he's here. It's good to be here. I was waiting until you guys got that award and then I was going to step in. No, thanks for having me. 
Uh, it's awesome, man. Uh, well, I want to get your take on, uh, we were talking about earlier in the podcast. Uh, I would, I do want to talk about all guys shooting in the last segment, but I wanted to hear, get your take on what you saw at the, uh, faith family freedom day, because, you know, we're all kind of in the middle of things like that. I mean, not that we've never done that particular event before, but it's sometimes hard for us to see it from a perspective coming in. So w- what did you think about the, the event you were at uh, last night with everybody? Yeah, it was fan. It was great. I'm in Austin, Texas, so we have a little bit of diversity in Austin, and so it was really encouraging to have so many people come together to uh, try and be about Jesus and uh, be about good news that needs to be out amongst all the the news that we're having to fight against. And um, I was telling you before we went on air, you know, we do a lot of work with kids that have been abandoned, abused, neglected. Uh, we want to bring them the hope of Jesus. We want to help them heal. And uh, I was talking to. A, a young 17-year-old yesterday, he was up here for church camp. He went to sportsman camp, and uh, we kind of started talking about um, life, and he started sharing his story. And it was unbelievable. His dad committed suicide when he was born, so he took that to believe that his dad didn't want him. Hmm. And I said, I, I don't believe that. I think your dad wasn't in a good state. And he said and then when he was, he said his mom was a drug addict and would have different guys over it their house that who had abused him at age six, she was so strung out. She had a gun to his head and would not let him go, had the trigger pulled and the authorities had to kill his mom. Like right mm. in front of him, right in front of him. He was there. Wow. And I just, I felt like God just needed me to hear that. Cause we do that work we do the work internationally yeah. and we get to have events and we get to go, but on the, day-to-day basis of just like, you know, we tell about stories and then just to meet this young man right there at the event yesterday. And uh, he was able to move in with his aunt and uncle, found out that he had a a younger brother, and uh, they seem to be doing really well. So, uh, yeah. I mean, it's crazy. That's the exact work we're doing, you know, in Ethiopia and Colombia and all these places. And then we meet a kid from here, from, where was he from? Um, He's from Arkansas, or Arkansas but yeah. you're going to camp. I mean, to meet a kid that had, that's what yeah. we're trying to help is kids that have a lot of similar backgrounds like that, where it's like they don't really have anybody and they don't know Jesus. And then we're trying to pull them out of that, give them a, a start, you know. I'm, there was a lot of kids there who I noticed were adopted and which, look, that stood out. Missy and I was talking late, late last night because that's, you know, that thing, that party didn't end till late. But, uh, just heard so many stories. I mean, so many stories about people coming to Jesus, but rescuing kids also. And it's just a day of that really warms the soul. And uh, you probably noticed we were trying to purposefully be positive. Uh, you know, if you're just all the time looking at the negative, uh, especially, you know, things that go on in our country, it's easy to find. But we have the greatest uh, weapon, and it's not the weapon, you know, most people think of. And the Bible says that. But having Jesus and having a place to start over and uh, having people wanting to really love their neighbor. And, you know, Matthew 18, when we had our little one in and just for a transition phase, you know, to try to help the mom, uh, you know, get sober and and get right and be responsible and then help this little one. uh, It just makes you appreciate that we're all created in the image of God. I mean, what a what a blessing. I, I've told this story many times, but I think when you're young and you get married and you have, 
you know, and you have a kid and you try to do everything right on the first one. Then you have another one and it, it can be overwhelming. You're trying to make a living and everybody gets busy. And so Missy and I are at a stage of our life when this little baby came into our life. It was more appreciation just for life itself, just realizing that they are dependent on other people and uh, the innocent nature of that. So we protected him as strong and as vigorous and tried to do what's best for him at each step in the way, just to, you know, to give him a chance at life. So, and I really think that Matthew 18, cause I've read that hundreds of times in the last year and a half because of that, that responsibility. Cause I do think it is, especially of members of God's kingdom. It is our responsibility to look out for the innocent and try to help in any way possible. Well, I've said this before that, you know, the Bible is pretty clear about saying that we're the most like God. Religious was the word James used when we take care of widows and we take care of orphans. And so I, I don't know that there's a more noble task. And also when we talk about the pro-life movement, uh, saving babies at the outset is great. And many of us, including Lisa and I are involved on the front line of that, but it, it's important for that life at every stage going forward, right? I mean, the pro-life movement is bigger than just abortion. It's it's living, it's homes, it's taking care of them. So uh, speak to that a little bit, Brad, just kind of what you guys are doing at All Guys Children and, and what you're trying to do around the world. Exactly. The um, We set up an All Guys Children table last night, and we had kids that were waiting to have their education sponsored, and that plays a big part in preventing families from splitting up. So, um, you know, we, we certainly... We know that if many of these families, most of the families are single parent families and they're struggling not much in the way of money or possessions. And so if they can um, have just a little help, and for us, it's, it seems like not a lot, but it can be life-changing to these families to keep them together, keep the child in school. And we know statistically that it works. We know that majority, I think it's 82%, Jeff, is that right, of, of our kids that are sponsored finish secondary school, which means they go on to get a job and they go on to do all that God has had them to do. And so um, we do a lot in the way of that. But, uh, you know, this week we've just been really focused on not only giving the Unashamed Nation the opportunity, but also everyone that came to the Faith and Family event yesterday to just make a small difference of, of bringing, you know, a sponsorship to a child and ultimately keeping them within their family. And we, we'd like to do our goal to being on here is kind of what we did last time, which was amazing is get a hundred kids sponsored. And we talked about, so we want that to happen. So come on unashamed nation. And the first 25, this is not like a gimmicky thing. We just want to do a thank you. Uh, we're going to get y'all something signed swag by these guys in here and you Al. Um, so just saying, hey, thank y'all for for thinking of us. And um, and another note on that, like uh, I don't think I've ever mentioned this on here before, but when me and Brad were in Ethiopia, and we were giving money to these families and these kids, I'll never forget this woman come up, older lady. This girl lived with her grandparents, and that's that's who we're giving the money money to for her to take care of um, the, their granddaughter. Uh, who the parents, one of them died. It was a sad story. And that mama got down, that grandma, and she was kissing my hands and crying and kissing. I mean, and I was thinking, man, and I lost it. And I think I left at some point because I couldn't. It was like, I've never, I've never been that appreciative for anything in my life. And I got this lady who was just thanking me just for helping this little girl 
have a chance and and her and weirdly enough i'm trying to do this without crying the grandpa they had walked three miles i didn't know till later i looked down as she's kissing my hands and crying and kissing my hands his feet were pointed backwards like like i don't know how he walks but i mean he can i i guess you know it's hard for him but he had walked all that way with feet pointing the other way just to say thank you and to because they didn't have to come we were still gonna support but they wanted to say thank y'all for thinking of us little old family out here in nowhere ethiopia we we are appreciative and i was like i that makes me more appreciative for anything that happens to me because i was like yeah, that's these good. people. It was it was really that cool. was incredible. I remember, and we have our local team in Ethiopia with all God's children. And if you're like me, I'm I'm a trust but verify. My sweet wife says the older I get, I'm more verified than trust. And so, to all you listeners, to know that um, we've got local team members on the ground, the sponsorship, the way that every month when we give those distributions to the to the man and the family that Jeff was referencing, they must show us the report card to prove that their kids in school. They also, we set up a savings account for them so they actually show us their bank statement because we want a portion of that. We want the majority to go to their tuition and their supplies. A portion of that goes to the family for a, uh, to keep the family together. There's some counseling and some other ways to connect them to the local church. And then also a portion, $5 of the $40, goes to a savings account because we want them to start learning how like if disaster strikes, they have a little bit there that they can step in in an emergency. And so um, the other cool thing as a sponsor, what we do is you have the ability to correspond with your specific child and they will actually once a year send a personalized video to you from them and kind of update you, thanking you, but also updating you on exactly how they're doing in school and ultimately graduating and where they are in jobs. So Now, I think the amazing thing is for American audiences to recognize and realize is how much a little bit of money from our perspective goes such a long way in other parts of the world. So that's a that's a big uh, bonus and a big plus to help people. So uh, at the end, we're about to run out of time. Jeff, tell tell us how how can folks find you guys to to contribute and and be a part of this? Because we're going to do 100. Come on, Unashamed Nation. You can do that. Absolutely. Allguyschildren.org. and you can find us there. Anything else, Brad, maybe? Or I think that's all we all you need. Allguyschildren.org. Come on, guys. First 25, get some signed swag. from that's right. Some bonus right. swag. I like it. So uh, so we're going to hold you over, Brad, if you don't mind, for our overtime segment. Because you told a story, but I want I know you have a lot of stories. And uh, I, I just happened to get a letter, an email, uh, within the last couple of weeks of, of our orphanage that we worked with. It's not associated with you guys. But it just touched my heart so much. So I want to tell a few stories in our overtime segment. Uh, Unashamed Nation, if you want to follow us over there and subscribe to Blaze, it's blazetv.com slash unashamed to get everything blaze has to offer and hear a few more tales uh, from all guys children we'll see you there thanks for listening to the unashamed podcast help us out by rating us on itunes and don't miss an episode by subscribing on youtube and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes and for even more content that you won't get anywhere else subscribe to blaze tv at blaze tv.com slash unashamed